0: Mm.
1: Yo, this is Michael. Hello, Governor. This is Ron.
2: And I don't know
1: why I have an (laughs) Australian.
2: It's all right. We'll work on that in the next episode. Um, This is the Approach Podcast. Mm. I almost forgot the name. Uh, This is episode two. It's key. Yeah,
1: it's episode two. (laughs)
2: Uh, We took a little bit of a holiday hiatus. Mm -hmm. We got Got fat and lazy. Yep. We drank and ate a little too much and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, we're trying to produce quality here so mm-hmm. that takes time. And cupcakes. Yeah. So here you go. Uh, this is episode two. We sat down with Bridget from Marette Baseware. They are a producer of technical underlayers for your modern woman. Mm.
1: Um, Love the modern women. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: They're uh, so. marrying comfort and function for all you climber and swimmer ladies out there, but that does not exclude everyone else who has boobs, <laughs> including myself. So uh, one day I will try on one of these these sports bras <laughs> and give you my real feedback.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I would say five out of five. Oh yeah. Uh, that's on um, my personal scale. Yeah, and
2: Google they- reviews, Yelp. <laughs> Yelp doesn't count anymore.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, Anyway, uh, we discuss um, how a rut came to be uh, and basically the struggles of operating as an introvert in the business world. Yeah, there are introverts in the business world. Oh, yeah. And um, also, uh, how solving your own problem can be a great motivator to starting your own business
2: absolutely and and i have to touch on this point because it's possibly one of my favorite points in the conversation is just we got a little lesson on dealing with criticism yeah, and I get woke get get a little woke on dealing with criticism because i know my ego needs to be tamed at times and i can get a little defensive about the things that i produce yeah and people's opinions on that so it was great to discuss that with her. She has a very interesting method to deal with that, and yeah,
1: yeah, and um, yeah. We kind of close out the episode by speculating on the impact of climbing on our favorite happy places.
2: Yes, too great many times. people. Too many people. Absolutely.
1: Maybe not. I don't know.
2: No, definitely too many people. <laughs> um, but had a great time can't thank her enough for being here and just sitting down with us
1: yeah so we hope you enjoy and uh let's get into it yeah you are now listening to the, approach, the, approach, the, approach, podcast. the
0: a the p the
1: p the r the o the a the c the h We didn't do any testing, did
2: we? On the um, yeah. I was looking at the levels and turning the knobs. Oh,
1: you were doing the things. Yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> turning
3: the knobs and watching the <laughs> lights. <laughs> okay, perfect. It was very technical.
2: That's the extent of our knowledge of audio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're doing really well. Yeah, this is a great. You doing intro. good. Anyway, you um, should be honored to be on this podcast.
1: <laughs> I am so honored. So honored.
0: Um,
1: yeah, so we're here today, tonight, this evening. Uh, with
2: the morning, yeah, it could be the
1: morning, yeah, could be the morning. Yeah. Yeah. no, yeah, the viewers but, don't know, to, yeah, but we
3: exactly. do have wine, it'd be weird if we were drinking wine in the morning, hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not above it, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, so yeah, we're here with the founder of
3: co founder, co founder yes, of
1: yeah. um, I'm gonna edit that out, <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> no, that's fine, yeah. that's fine, yeah, yeah okay, so we're we're here with the co founder of a rep baseware. Uh, Bridget
3: Kilgallen Kilgallen. Yes. Oh, you don't want to Nice Irish name.
2: People are going to stalk you now. Yeah. Oh, whoops. I take it back. I take it back. We don't have any listeners. Bridget Jones. Yeah. Bridget. (laughs) I'm here
0: to
3: read my diary. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Um,
1: but yeah, so, uh, we kind of want to sit down and talk to you because you are doing some things. You're so smart. Too yeah, many things, yeah, but yeah. yes,
3: I am doing some things.
1: Yeah, you're doing some things out in the uh, climbing industry. And so you kind of wanted to pick your brain about it a little bit.
3: Cool. So pick away.
2: Um, first <laughs> off. Actually, I wanted to ask a question. Yes. Most overrated classic climb that you know?
3: Most overrated classic climb.
2: Yeah, something that's five stars, any destination, go.
3: Um. Okay. Let me think here. Okay. The Pearl. The Pearl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it good. sucks. American. It's reachy. It's breaky. It's terrible. <laughs> it's the Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to go to it. It bakes in the sun all day, and it's horrible. Mm, it's the Pearl. That's a
2: good one. Yeah. That's okay. a very. I'm good going to you right yeah. now. Okay. Oh well, me. <laughs> I'm putting you on blast right now. Oh shit. Uh,
3: <laughs> I know it's hard when it's like
1: yeah. Right now. Most overrated classic <clears throat> climb. God. I don't know. I'm gonna have to say uh have to say
2: Iron, and I must say Iron Man's a cop out.
1: Oh damn it. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Traverses I to say... don't
3: count because they yeah. already <laughs> suck by default.
2: Oh <laughs> traversing's not
3: so
1: much shade. Okay. Uh, we're, we're coming out. I the love gate traverses.
3: <laughs> Actually I do though. I, so. uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Um but you're sorta of right. But um I'm gonna say uh shit.
2: You need some inspiration. We could
3: narrow it down to like a location.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Let's go. I did
3: Red Rock, so maybe Bishop. Yeah. Bishop.
1: Yeah. yeah. For me, for for me, Bishop, most overrated climb that is not Iron Man. Uh, Overrated classic. Oh, classic. Yeah. That is. I mean, Iron Man is technically a classic, right? Yeah. I know, but I'm I'm not allowing you to do that. Okay. 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 Um, (laughs) Mm, i'm gonna say go granny go
3: yeah that gets stars uh,
2: probably it, it, it There's gets... enough people on it <laughs> that <you would> think <laughs> stars. yeah yeah, yeah. There's, okay.
1: there's enough stars we're just low committed based off of the amount of rubber that is compiled onto it so yeah. i i think it's a good climb but i think that it's hilarious to there's like Never mind. I'm
3: and you don't get to top people. out, right? <laughs> no. Go Granny Go. There's no top out, yeah. right?
2: I think that's Dan never Bell fun. did a top out. He did it, or did, uh, at least was working one. Yeah, no, he
1: did it. Oh, he yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. He goes all the way up, Go Granny. Okay. Yeah, and then just calls it a. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, but he did it. He topped it out, and that's the thing now. So,
0: <laughs> all
1: right. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was that was that. Go Granny. I'm so sorry if that's your project. But, but at the <laughs> same time. Be sorry. But at the same time, that's how I feel. <laughs> don't so, apologize for your so, opinion. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion. No, no. I, am, I am. I know.
2: I'm owning it. Yeah.
3: Are we gonna round out the trio? Or are you gonna do one too?
2: Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah I are. had mine. It was like primed and ready. Yeah. It's,
3: okay.
0: It'd
2: be <laughs> hilarious if he says Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's uh easy chair and squamish. Oh, I like that. that I only
3: asshole. liked it because that was like the the criteria of like now you understand how to climb at Squamish
1: <laughs> no. is
3: when you can do that climb.
1: Yeah, totally. yeah, it's a great uh, benchmark, I guess you could say. Because if you can't hold those Squamish slopers, and, yeah, then why are you even there? Well, you know, I, you like pineapple pizza. So. I do. <laughs> yeah. I do it,
2: it's, like
3: it's, pineal- it's two on one yes. not that, <laughs> on that topic. So yeah, you're,
2: you're here. alone in this conversation. <laughs> no, I just yeah. like I feel like the only appeal to that climb is that it's close by. Sure, sure. It's like totally. the first thing you walk into. Totally, It's like, yeah. oh, here's a boulder.
3: Yeah, it's approachable. It's low ball, low risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need like a million pads. Yeah. Like everything else there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, man, I miss Squamish. Me too. No, I'm know, about that. I want to go back like ASAP.
1: Yeah. Okay, so what's your, what's your favorite climbing area then?
3: <clears throat> My favorite climbing area? Mm-hmm. Like of all time ever?
1: Of all time ever that if you, like when you hear it, you just go six to midnight.
3: Mm. Okay, six to midnight is for sure Rocklands. Like, <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Okay, nice. Wait, have you been to Rocklands? Yeah. yeah. Oh. But
3: it was so long ago. It was like when I first started climbing, so I wasn't climbing super hard. So yeah. I mean, it was still really fun because like the amount of climbing that I did there was probably more climbing than I've done in my entire climbing career, just oh, condensed into one trip because there's so much there. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. That one definitely um, gets me going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about six to midnight. I don't really have the uh, equipment for that, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Rockland's for sure, but Rocklands, I mean, okay. yeah, I, I don't even like bring that up because it's so like far well, and it's so hard to get to that. Mm-hmm. I just don't even want to think about. No,
1: it. I mean, I I think that I think it's it's been growing in, in popularity so much since mm-hmm. then. So I mean, I think it's a yeah. very notable mention. But,
3: True, and um, I, I guess I should expand that to not just Rocklands, but the entirety of, of Cape Town and that area, mm-hmm. because there's like three other climbing areas that are adjacent to Rocklands that people don't go to, oh. because it's not as far off the beaten path. Yeah. It's a little closer to the um, areas that are a little more sketchy, mm-hmm. so you kind of need somebody to take you there that knows where they're going. Uh, but like is Coppermine it still bouldering, or yeah, still bouldering. Oh, there's okay. like Coppermine is the second biggest one I think to Rocklands, and mm-hmm. it's much closer to the city. Mm -hmm. And the rock is totally different. It's like really like undulating round rock and lots of slopers and like it's I want to say it's granite, but it's like smooth granite. It's not like sharp tacky granite. So it's totally different from Rocklands, but there's just as much climbing and it's way closer. It's like 15 minute drive from the city. Whoa. It's
1: like yeah. the Santee or Rockland.
3: <laughs> it is nothing like that. <laughs> no, oh my was, gosh! Whoa, whoa, How whoa, dare whoa.
1: you? Wait, when I hear really sharp slate granite, I think of Santee. I
3: mean, you know, oh, yeah. Nice. Actually, it is kind of reminiscent, but like the climbing is like eight it's, million I, times yeah, better I because can, Santee I mean, is. Yeah,
1: that's an insult. If yeah. you <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, uh you co-founded Red Baseware.
3: Oh yeah, that's right. We're doing a podcast. That's um,
2: yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah.
3: yes. I am the co-founder of a company called A Rep Mhm.
2: So What do you guys do?
3: What do what we, do? Do, we do? What do, do? Uh we make technical underlayers for use in the outdoors. Primarily for women, maybe someday for men. Right now just for women.
2: Oh, that'd be sick. Technical underlayers. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. And feel free to To pick and poke holes at that, because no, I like it. I think it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, that's way better than underwear. So
1: what separates you from a lot of uh, other companies then? Okay, what separates
3: us us from other companies? Um, Well, I guess it depends on what you're looking at, but I would say the main thing, if I summarize it, is that when we are creating products, we start out by identifying a problem. So in our case, with our one flagship product that we have out now, which is called the Tura. The problem we identified was that uh, traditional bras don't really take into account women who have muscles, so standard sizing just doesn't really consider that. Mm-hmm. So for athletes, it's really difficult to find a bra that fits you because there's a band that goes around underneath your cup, and it if it's not accounting for like you know your your bat wings over here if you're a climber, mm-hmm. you end up not really being able to find anything that fits. So if you're like me. You just wear sports bras because cups just don't fit you, and you end up looking like a football player in them anyway. And um, <laughs> so I would just wear sports bras. And then I met Olivia, my co founder, and she's a swimmer, so similar problem with the big lats. Yeah. And so she would always just wear swimsuits because she was always wanting to jump in the water at the drop of a hat. Um, So that was the problem we identified is that clothes don't fit and there isn't really anything on the market that you could wear that's super comfortable and that would allow you to just jump in the water at the drop of a hat and that accommodates for muscle movement. So we started that problem and then we worked on devising a solution for it by creating a bunch of prototypes and gathering a bunch of feedback, testing it on real body types, and then coming to a solution to that problem. So that's... Long story short, the biggest thing that differentiates us is we don't just make clothes that look nice or that are like you know quality or that are soft or whatever. Although mm-hmm. it is those things, yeah. Um, we're really like starting with a problem and creating a solution, yeah. And that is the biggest fundamental difference between mm-hmm. us and other companies.
2: Sounds like a great. How, many, how many revisions did you have?
3: Um, the ini- So the initial design we made. Well, we made one first. This is my original handmade prototype, which I still have. It actually just busted like a month ago. No, 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 no. I know it was so sad. Two years <laughs> later. Sentimental. So sad. Oh, I you still were have it. it. Oh yeah. I I wore it for two for two years. I didn't like own one of our own products because I was just using my handmade one. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I was like so sentimental value. I was like, why well and also it's like you don't need new things if you have something, mm-hmm. you know? So I was just using what I had. Um but Uh, Okay. So how many revisions? So we started with one design and it took us several prototypes to get to that initial design because the way that we were constructing it was really not standard. Mm -hmm. And then once we figured that design out, then we made 40 handmade prototypes and we sent those to girls uh, around the United States that we had kind of contacted. And we were like, hey, we have this idea for a hybrid sports bra slash bathing suit that's for climbers and fits athletic outdoors women. Uh, does that sound like something you want to test out? And they were like, Hell yeah, send me it. Like people were immediately wanting that. Like yeah. there was clearly a need for it. Um so we sent them out and we were just like, send us an email, let us know what you think, take it, you know, outdoors, put it through the rungs, sweat in it, wear it for two weeks, you know, do whatever you can to mess it up. And they sent us a bunch of emails back. And <clears throat> based on that feedback, I wanna say we probably made Maybe like five to 10 revisions on the sizing mm-hmm. and on like just really, really subtle things, just based on the feedback that we had been given. So that would be another round of changes. And then we took it to the manufacturers and then we had to figure out what was actually manufacturable because mm-hmm. that's a huge difference between what you want to make and what is viable to make yeah. in a cost efficient way in the marketplace. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So then we had to figure that out. And like I said, we were doing things really non standard. So like, there's just really subtle little things about it where you might need a special machine or you might need to do something that mm-hmm. uh, you w- that would be standard for menswear, but not for athletic wear. Like we have one particular sewing technique that's used for belt loops.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And obviously we don't have any belt loops on our top. So yeah. it was just kind of having to figure out ways to achieve what we wanted to, to do to solve this problem um, without having to adhere to all the standards of what's normal. So we did that round. And I'm not done yet. (laughs) And then about uh, halfway into our first year of production, we got a lot of feedback that girls with bigger cup sizes were popping out of their tops. And so obviously we needed to fix that. So (laughs) then we, (laughs) yeah, nip slips were a serious problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So then we created our second version of the high cut, which was more coverage. So it was higher neckline, higher sidelines, and different straps, so that there was a little more coverage and support. And that, I think we altered just slightly one more time to adjust the strap lengths based mm. on feedback that we were getting. And I think that's the entirety of the changes we've made so far. And now we're pretty much good. Like the only thing that we could potentially change is that occasionally there'll be a woman whose measurement from the bottom of her cup to the top of her shoulder mm. is shorter than normal. Yeah. And for those women, they need tighter straps. So uh-huh. we haven't quite figured that out. And then anyone above Double D, we need to come up with a totally different solution for them because they need an entirely different, like yeah. the whole thing has different yeah. mechanics. But those are like the, the
1: extreme, extreme ends.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're extreme, but it's also like, I don't know, it's something that we have to think about if yeah, we're gonna be inclusive sure. to yeah. different body types. Mm. So that was a really long answer, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I mean,
2: it was thorough. Yes, very I thorough. Appro- <laughs> <I> <laughs> So I hope it answered though. So
3: yeah, lots of, Mm -hmm. lots of variations because That's that's what makes somebody love something.
2: How, how did you feel about the feedback? Like you, you certainly put yourself out there and you're like, Hey, here's what we've made and, and, uh, please like tell us what you think. Did you have any like hesitance or like, um, anxiety with the, with the criticism that you would Receive back because, like, with I feel like with creating anything, yeah. you have a little bit of anxiety. There's
3: like feedback and stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, how,
1: and how did you deal with it per se?
3: Sure, yeah. No, that's a good question. I think so. I come from a usability and design background, mm-hmm. and everything that was done in my career was about objectively taking feedback and then converting it into changes. Hmm. So I'm kind of already pre-prepped for k- taking constant critique. So I, I think I'm like a little bit predisposed to it. But the advice I would give to other people in order to take feedback um, is you really have to separate your sense of self from what you're creating and I think the best description one of my um, teachers in design school gave me, he was the um, art director that I was taking a class that he was teaching. And he described it as there's art and there's design. And art is self-expression. So it's acceptable for your, your sense of self to be tied to art because you're expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. But design is built to solve a problem for someone else. Yeah. So you're not the person that, is tied to that anymore. And as soon as you, you cut the tie of your ego to that object and you're just looking at objectively as this is a problem I'm solving for someone else, Which is actually really similar to route setting too, Mm -hmm. because you're not going to be. I mean, yes, as much as you want it to be your self expression, this is for something somebody else. Like you're not the climber. Um, So as soon as I think as soon as you can separate your ego from that, it's it's no longer like nothing phases you anymore. You can then you know if someone says something negative, instead of taking it personally, you just ask more questions about what could be done differently or what about their experience with it led them to that conclusion, and then really like. From there, it's, it's only a positive experience, because negative feedback is the best thing you can get at that point, because negative feedback is an opportunity to improve. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah, more absolutely. people give you negative feedback, the more you're like, all right, great. Now we know what to fix. We're going to make it better. We're going to eliminate every single problem, and we're just going to make something that's the best it can possibly be. Um, so that's my thoughts on, on critique and feedback.
2: You murdered that question. Oh, sweet! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what I'm going for. That is exactly what I wanted to hear. Hell oh, yeah, mic <laughs> yeah. drop. I, I can't will, drop I it; it's attached to the wall.
1: Yeah, I can't leave yeah, now. Yeah, like please don't drop our mics. Thank
2: you. Yeah, we paid of pennies for this, but um. I'm just gonna leave now because I can't ask any more questions.
3: Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, thank you for (laughs) (laughs) that. Was
2: that was great? No, that That was amazing. Some good feedback. Certainly learned something from that because I definitely have a little bit of an ego when it comes to creating anything, right? Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like this podcast. Even like this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm putting it out there to the. We are putting it out there to the world, and it's like, yeah, we certainly want to be better, but to a degree, I guess I haven't released enough of my ego to really like. Understand how to cut that tie. Sure. Be like, this is something I created, and you are now criticizing it, and I hate you now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I hate you die. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, and you know, there's such thing as constructive feedback and unconstructive feedback too. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. more that you hone your ability to take feedback, the more you can very quickly see between the two. And even unconstructive feedback, you can. You can look deeper you can still into it, take something from yeah, it, exactly sure. you can you can look at the underlying motivations and and there's always <clears throat> something to learn well,
2: so that's the parallel climbing though, right like yeah you, mm-hmm. if you, you can choose to be like upset and distraught about not finishing your, pro- your, your project, your yeah, bro. yeah, or yeah. you can take something from each little like movement hip placement something yeah. like yeah,
1: that. yeah, yeah, it's funny because because uh, i know I know Bridget from before, and uh. Uh, you used the route set
3: way back in the day. Well,
1: way back in, yeah, the day. yeah. Me and yeah, Ron go yeah. way back. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: yeah um, I was actually a big fan of your routes because you frustrated me with how you always use technical beta and small holds, uh-huh. and I was just like, I can't do this because the holds are too small. I get the movement, but it's just too small, and mm-hmm. I can't figure it out. Whatever. But but you you actually kind of like taught me in my initial stages like how to how to crimp and how to be technical on the wall and stuff and i was like very appreciative of that but that is a good example an anecdote of like design versus like self-expression oh yeah for sure
3: setting is absolutely a good a good parallel to that and i love your routes too like ever since back in the day
1: (laughs) back in the day yeah yeah. so it's
3: definitely reciprocated but um yeah i think And setting's tricky too because it's just a whole different environment, right? It's like a bunch of dudes and like there's that whole, yeah, you know, like
1: and then one Bridget
3: and then and then the Bridget, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I kind of,
1: I kind of fit in in
3: that scenario, so it's all good. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's very, very easy to let your personal experience drive that, and that's the biggest blockage that setters face to getting better. Mm. Is just they get super attached to that that vision of self-expression yes and as soon as you you know get stuck on an idea there's just nowhere to nowhere to improve yeah you, know, and, you can't and, get better
1: and it's funny because like there's actually setters that will take it personally or they'll like they'll hate when when like beta is broken or this and that because they they feel like people are not appreciating their work because they put so much thought into a movement pattern and so i think it's pretty interesting that 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 yeah, there's a very 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 fine line where, where yes to a point. And so it's kind of funny because I don't know if you ever heard heard of um, any interviews with like Tunde, but he's one of the he's one of the like leading setters out there right now that are that's trying to bring like a philosophy to setting. That is um, like very holistic and design um, driven. Cool. And so Into he it. he actually made, <laughs> took that same exact uh, concept of of the self expression and and design thing. So I thought that was pretty interesting. You brought yeah. that out. Yeah. No, I should
3: look that up. That sounds tight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, I think Power Company Climbing has that on their nice on their podcast. But. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wanted I t- I wanted to actually take it back to the constructive criticism and stuff. So, um, and unconstructive. But I mean, like when I mean you work with a team of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so like when you're working with your with your crew, um, I, I, I'd imagine you guys end up having um, conflicts or like uh, points where you guys disagree. So like, how do you kind of go about? Solving that problem. How do you go about um, being able to maneuver and navigate those waters while while being, you know, you still work a full-time job and then you also... Do this thing as well with a ret. So
3: I don't work a full time job anymore. Oh, you don't? Yeah, I'm pretty much. I mean, I do a little freelance on the side, but I'm mostly just a ret. Oh, really? Which is awesome. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, thank you. I know. I'm stoked on it. Awesome. It's uh, it's definitely getting there. But um, yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, working with the team at a ret is definitely different because it's all women too. So that's just a very different dynamic, and um, we definitely hit. We hit snags all the time, and we've got like a really good, what we call like a a toolkit for getting through any kind of problems, and it pretty much all goes back to communication and how people communicate with each other. Um, But like if I were to summarize it all into just one little short anecdote, it would primarily be that usually if something's going wrong in a conversation or if something is like a conflict arises, a lot of times what happens is, you know, One party is saying X and the other party is saying Y and the first party says no but x and the other party says well no but why and they just go back and it's just well but x no why (laughs) and instead of doing that and just continuing to try and and force your perspective on the other person what you do is you stop and you say okay what we're doing is not productive let's take a second Mm -hmm. and person you know the first party then needs to instead of saying well here's x they need to say hey, you know, I don't really understand why. Can you tell me more about why? And then the person on the other side needs to say, hey, you know, I thought um, X was a little bit confusing in these ways. Can you tell me more about what you meant by X? Mm-hmm. And then by doing that, you understand each other better and you understand each other's perspectives. And then you can find a, a compromise or, like, a harmony between the two. Because the more that you're just trying to drill your opinion onto somebody else without understanding the other side, like, you're just never – ever gonna really break through into any kind of, of valuable yeah. compromise. It's either just one side wins or the other side loses and you don't want a situation like that because then there's a loser in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. And it's probably not productive. Mm-hmm. And I think realistically, any solution is better when it, when it includes lots of perspectives, right? Like yeah. the more people with different experiences that you can have help create a solution, Like I can use that as an anecdote for anything. Like the more people you have try your route, yeah, you know, the more the more girls you have try on your sports bra, the more perspectives you get, the better the end product is. So it's really all about just getting those different perspectives and understanding them before you try to force the the one way forward.
2: Did you learn this? sort of behavior through a ret or did you already have it from like your design
3: background no i would well i mean taking feedback i definitely i have that pretty much from design and from setting but um the communication style i would totally give full credit to my good friend lauren she's like my right-hand gal at galadorette and she is really good at being empathetic towards other people mm. which is something that I am not necessarily super fantastic at because I'm I'm more focused and goal oriented and mm. just like very you know focused on doing things efficiently and getting to the end goal and she's more of the person who's like okay let's think about how people are feeling in the situation like how can we curate a space that's really secure and welcoming and inviting and so that's a really nice compliment because it's it's absolutely crucial to do what I want to do, which is being efficient and getting to the end goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would give full credit to her on that, for sure. Lauren. Sorry. Thank you, <laughs> I, I did nothing Thank there. You, <laughs> <laughs> I probably caused more problems there, and she helps solve them.
2: Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Lauren is teaching lessons beyond just you. <laughs> totally.
3: Yeah, she's a spiritual guru AF.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, well, okay. So,
1: I mean... So okay, so now now that we know that you're full time <laughs> at a yeah. ret, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, that does means, that derail
3: the questions? I'm no, so
1: it we got to <laughs> fact check. It, dude. It, no, it does not actually. I think I think it actually We're like set,
2: Donald Trump over here, dude. <laughs> Sorry, it, no. It's I have been working with Russia. Super it's
1: fine. Real, yeah, <laughs> no. but um, we we uh, it's funny that we brought up Russia like in almost every episode. Okay. We're really, get, is like, it a theme? We're it'll gonna, continue yeah, to happen. Oh we're my gosh, get, um, I love it. Taken down, but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so is that kind of like your formula to success, though? Just like being more empathetic in in conversations amongst your your team.
3: Um. Mm. I would say it's one of several things that I do. Like, so just to give you more like background into my role, I the position I I play at, aside from just wearing all of the hats that you have to wear as a business owner is kind of directing things. Mm-hmm. So like driving the team forward and keeping them motivated and making sure that things are are going forward in a way that people want to continue. So I have a whole other set of like tools outside of that one empathetic thing. If anything, I'd say that's something I like almost delegate to other people where I'm like, okay, (laughs) someone else go be mom. (laughs) Dad needs to get some shit done over here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I, I have other, um, things that I would say are more, more oriented around those things like efficiency and getting things done and reaching goals and making sure that everything is on task. Um, because I'm, I'm usually the person that sees like the end, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm, we've had this conversation a lot In the office, where it's like I'm, I'm typically visualizing the endpoint, and then just orchestrating things to get to that endpoint. And so, for me, I'm so focused on that that I need someone else to handle the current moment for me, yeah, and like take care of those those in the moment, like needing to smooth things over, kind of deal. For sure, yeah.
2: I'm always kind of fascinated by that because I just recently picked up a new podcast called uh, Without Fail, Mm -hmm. and they had uh, one of the players on the Golden State Warriors. On the podcast, his name is Andre Iguodala, I believe. And he was describing uh, the Golden State Warriors kind of formula for winning games, right? Mm -hmm. And what kind of led them to their um, dynasty or whatever they have at the current moment. But um, they had this formula of just like, if we pass 300 plus times, we'll we'll win the game. And it's kind of like a cool concept to think about, like if you can really construct something, especially with multiple personalities involved, and and create something that is successful on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think to a degree, Ron and I are trying to do that here. You yeah, know? for sure. Trying to create a formula for interviews or just him and I chatting amongst mm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's It's a really interesting concept to... Really dive yeah. into
1: it. I mean, it's essentially verbal hot potato. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are doing great. I'm having fun. Awesome.
2: Sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it I, could be the wine, but I don't know. <laughs> it's the wine. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like wine. <laughs> it tastes like feet, honestly. Yeah, it tastes like wine. Yeah. That's what
3: I always say. does it? It tastes like... This one tastes like wine, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still wine.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that... I think that... Being a team player is definitely important. It's definitely something that is pretty universal um, when when you know you want to get things done right. So uh, I think it's, it's awesome that you have a system for it and that you um, you guys can all work together in a way. And, and it's great to delegate like different personalities for different things because that's what I feel like makes an organization very effective. You know what I mean. Um, I mean, just even, even on our personal note, like, um, I'm, I'm more, I guess I'm more analytical, more, um, more, I'm kind of like cut and dry. Like you, like I like to get things done get, get things, um, or be more efficient about it. Yeah. You're the right hand. uh, Who's
3: the left hand? (laughs) I don't know. Uh,
2: at the end of the day, I just like to get shit done, but like. I like to talk shit in between.
3: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah.
2: for sure.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would say I would say we, we we've had this conversation multiple to- multiple <laughs> times, but like I like to I like to kind of steer the ship, and then he likes yeah. to kind of like you know take it on a ride
0: somewhere.
2: <laughs> sure, yeah. So, he steers the ship in a direction, and I kind of just take the wheel for a little yeah, while. Yeah, and yeah. You've yeah, got yeah, like yeah. the
3: logical structure, and you've got like the intuitive mm. wayfinding.
2: Mm. Because either way, or like. If if that weren't the case, if I didn't have Ron like at the steering wheel for the majority of the time, oh, man. I would just start talking about random shit, and, right? And right? <laughs> like, especially like wine and stuff doesn't really help. Sure, sure. Is, like, it'll just drive that conversation way uh, further than it needs to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah,
3: we've it had we have
1: we've had prior pro- podcasts where even like whiskey was involved, and man, it yeah. went.
2: Went south.
3: Yeah, it went. I, no, <laughs> it, I
2: wouldn't say it went south, but it just, it just Turned went into like, very much. I got all the way to Kentucky <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and never looked back.
1: Yeah. Nice, nice. We went to Timbuktu and never yeah. came back. So I mean,
3: that can be fun.
2: <laughs> it, yeah, it was for a moment, but then you realize that you have like no sumst- uh, substantive information to sure, provide yeah. to anyone. Sure. And you you're need, just like... like I'm talking shit with my friends now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who wants to listen to this? Right. Let's
1: do this.
3: So uh, on that note, what's the next question for me?
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah. I seriously have another question that I, I, I am really interested in. Um, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Uh,
3: yeah, so I would say I am naturally um, introverted, for sure. Like, my... Typical, I mean, I'm an only child, which I get all kinds of stereotypes for, but um, (laughs) I, I mean, I spent a lot of my childhood keeping myself entertained by -hmm. myself. So if left alone, I am totally fine. Like I will go and I will like teach myself how to do eight new things and like spend 24 hours straight doing them. Mm -hmm. And so I naturally have no problem just being by myself and i actually prefer that a lot like especially in climbing when i go climbing like we were just having a conversation about going to bishop for new years and i'm like low key dreading it cuz it's <laughs> going to be so many people yeah. um so a lot of times yeah i'll just go out by myself on a weekday when i know there's not going to be anybody there and i can just go spend time on my own um so yeah i would say i'm naturally introverted for sure okay. i do enjoy being around people but but naturally it doesn't it's not my Happy
1: place, go to place. Yeah.
2: So this leads me into my next question with regards to a ret, and like, how do you create a sales pitch as an introvert?
3: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so I'm doing this business accelerator program, and I've had to do like three of four pitches, like formal pitches, where I go and I do like a Shark Tank pitch in front of this room full of like potential investors and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. and terrifying. Yeah, I mean, and I have a, well, I mean, I've been doing a good job please, of getting over it, but I had a pretty big fear me. of pu- public speaking like from mm-hmm. high school. So I've had to been, be sort of figuring out how to deal with that over the last four months. Um, but I mean, I guess if you're, so the question is, how do I manage doing that when I'm an introvert? Um, so I think, I guess I don't even think of it as being related to being introverted or extroverted because I think of it more of as like you're generating a lot of energy to talk about something you're passionate about and then you're just delivering that energy to other people. So it's not necessarily about being social or anything like that. I mean, which I do have to do. I have to go like network and stuff and I'm like ah. <laughs> But I think that more of it is like I'm really passionate about this. This is what I've been working on for so long. It's something I think is like my life path, and now's my opportunity to make that available to other people. So I guess that's how I think of it. Does that, I don't know if that's, no, that's, that's perfect. I mean, there was
2: no like right answer to that question. It was more so like I have my own anxieties about trying to sell something that Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm interested in, you know? Right, right. Like I don't personally ever believe that I can be in sales, but if it's certainly something that, i have built and i'm passionate about yeah i feel like there's probably just it's, a it's drive easier. there yeah it's mm-hmm. that just it's exists easier, yeah. that may not exist in other areas of real life so yeah yeah i don't know i just always find that part interesting for sure because i'm not a salesperson yeah it's, no me it's a good one it's a good Thanks.
1: one yeah. introverts, <laughs> <laughs> introverts hey. unite um Put an a on my All us cat
3: people, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Cat people. <laughs> He's uh, like, no, I'm I, not I a would, cat person. <laughs> I would be a cat
1: person if I wasn't allergic. But yeah, yeah
3: true that true that um, I well, a snake, okay so am so... technically a snake person. Who <laughs> <Cool> are <laughs> Actually, <a> pretty awesome. <laughs> Anyways,
1: um, uh, what's his or her name?
3: My pet snake is named Calexico. Calexico. I did not name her. I adopted her and that was her name. Oh, really? Calexico. Calexico, yeah. Wait, the wait, lady wait, picked wait, her wait. up in Calexico. Wait, wait, you, like right by the border. You,
0: you can just
1: rename can No, just rename her. I so I was it, going does to. It listen and
3: like no, I was gonna rename her.
1: To no, or they, anything else? I
3: don't think you no. Know, they don't they don't <laughs> quite do that, but um <laughs> She's I, like
1: <laughs> it's Calexico and now it is forever Calexico. I mean,
3: if if we're getting technical, I'm pretty sure that me and my roommates have been calling her Colexico noodle butter fingers go <laughs> <laughs> because names just keep piling on and piling on uh anyways yeah i was gonna rename her but she i i had all these like really cool names in mine and then i got her and she's just like the goofiest thing ever she's like a really goofy personality she always like falls over and flops over and like yeah, has this funny. really cute face and i was like you know what i'm, I'm just wait, gonna stick with it
2: your snake yeah <laughs> just flops over
3: yeah she like falls off it, of things all the time it's really endearing okay
2: <laughs> pretty, it sounded yeah. like you were talking about a dog and i was like Lexico the dog.
1: No, <laughs> imagine, like,
3: still a python. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Still the same animal. Hasn't shapeshifted. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: I could have brought her. I had her out like right before I came out. For I would have been oh. terrified of. No, her. she's really that, small that and cute. Really she's cool. not scary. Yeah, yeah. all right. She's next like, time. No, next you time. don't understand. I've had like three people be like, "I'm terrified of snakes," and I'm like, "Wait till you meet my snake," and they see her and they're like. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'm going to be the branch. I'm going to yeah. be the branch. And then I like put her on them. And she's so sweet. She's like loves people. Yeah. She's really friendly. And then they immediately like snakes. so funny.
1: I don't, uh-huh. think, I don't think guys could ever get away with that. What? <laughs> me <the> snake? <laughs> okay,
0: hey, let, let me show that, you me my snake. You hey. my snake. Hey. Hey. But yeah, um, anyway... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Um, I got derailed fast, Are we dude. digressing? <laughs> yeah, Am this I the is what happens. The
3: is
2: Come <laughs> on, yeah, dude. it's
1: the it's the white dog game. But um,
3: <clears throat> okay, let's I talk actually, about
1: seriously. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like my pet snake so collects co- <laughs> butterfingers noodle Kilgallen. Co- <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's that's amazing. That's an awesome. Name. <laughs> She's but, a sweetheart. You should change the last name. Come on, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Jones. <laughs> oh yeah, damn yes. it, <laughs> Jones. But um, I so I mean now that you're a full time a rat. I was actually wondering, so like you're 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 in the spotlight now. That means you're that means you have to be the That stressed me out. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded very stressful. I was like, oh you're god. The, <laughs> you're, you're the face you're the you're kinda of the face of the company along with um, you know, your co founders and stuff, yeah. right? So Yeah, that I am. So um so what's that like? What's what's that like being the being the, the face of the company?
3: Yeah, good question. Um I think it's weird, for one, because, A, I'm introverted, so naturally yeah. I like to just not walk into the room. And I don't know. I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: anyways, um, so that that's different for sure. But I think that the one thing that's really different is it's weird to meet people and feel that they already have an idea of you.
0: Mm.
3: Like, this is something that is, is super bizarre to me, is, like, you'll meet someone And they they don't interact with you normally because they have some sort of, like, predetermined idea of who you are based on the company or based on what they know of you from social media or based on what they've heard of you in the community or whatever. And it's tricky for me because it's almost – I mean, it, like, ups the intimidation factor. So I immediately have to, like – Kind of quell that and be like, no, it's just BK. Like I promise, I'm a total goofball. Like, I'm not intimidating and scary. Don't be afraid of my pet snake. Like, <laughs> but so that's the biggest thing I think that's weird. Is sometimes you walk into a room and you feel like people, you just feel a certain energy that's different than it would mm-hmm. be if people didn't have an idea of what your company is or whatever. Um, so that I think is the, the the big thing. And then obviously having to be constantly aligned with the brand's ideals and being yeah. able to be like a shining beacon for everything that the company stands for mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Because that's what you are as a you know founder of something or as a CEO of something is yeah. whatever your brand stands for, you embody that. And you that's what you're putting out into the universe, not just through your company, but through your own actions. So you really have to walk it like you talk it. Yeah. And that is both... Really good and a little bit difficult because it it makes you check everything that you do and be like, is this something that, you know, my company would be proud of? Is this Mm -hmm. something that my company is aligned with? Is this something that aligns with what my company and what I stand for? So that that is different for sure. I have to sort of have more of a filter on because I think my natural tendency is just no filter <laughs> yeah, yeah, just all the inappropriate all. jokes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You gotta be a little bit more censored.
3: Yeah, for sure. And and not in a bad way either. Like censored sounds bad. Like I'm, you know, censoring myself and whatever else. And I think there's a balance of being able to be yourself and be uncensored because people want that like they want to know who you are in sure. an authentic way like nobody wants to see some robot that's like oh this is my company and my brand ideals and i'm just going to parrot them all the time yeah so like you still want to be able to show like yeah this is me i'm a real person i'm down to earth human
2: mm-hmm. well you want to be relatable
3: yeah you want to be yeah. relatable you and you want to be true to yourself right like nobody wants to be wearing a mask for society like mm-hmm. i especially am not good at that that's not my thing at all i'm like all will be k all the time so yeah. you, you if anything you just have to be really like focus on yourself and make sure that you're being a good person all the time, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. So that can be kind of tough.
1: Yeah. Mm,
3: but it's sure. good. It's I think it's good. It's like it's a good um it's like a big ma- magnifying glass on yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? there,
1: there there's got to be a level of like personal censorship that that kind of happens there, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Just based off of your actions and whatnot. So um, are there any things that you have felt? Um, I guess this is kind of I guess this is a little bit of a controversial question, but I mean it's not, it's like <laughs> are, are there ah. any like ideals or and any things that are anything that your company or brand stands for that you haven't felt quite that you quite owned up to? Like, like
3: you mean that I don't like agree You're, with or, personally may, may, or like or maybe
1: it's something that you don't enforce all the time because you don't it's not it's not an ideal that you wholeheartedly kind of um, go after on a personal basis. you know what I mean? So it's like, um, you've got because I, I I know a lot of the times it's like, uh, there's companies out there that are like, yeah, let, let's be green, let's do this and that, but then right. like they provide plastic, you know, things for their company. But then right. you, you see companies like Patagonia who are just like all about it, and they just right. they do that. You can see it all the way down to to the the, the small details of the company. You right.
3: Know? Okay. Yeah. No. I totally have an answer for this now. Um, (laughs) yeah, no. So I guess the one thing that maybe my personal, and this all goes back to me being introverted and our, our conversation about Bishop, um, you know, my company is all about getting people outdoors and getting people outdoors together and facilitating Mm -hmm. outdoor experiences for women and for people who are new to the outdoors and people who haven't been there before. And so that's something the brand does. Like the brand gets people outdoors. We organize events where there's a lot of people outdoors. Me personally, I don't like being outdoors with lots of people. (laughs) So that is an area where actually that's a that's a pretty glaring difference. And I would say it's also challenging for me sometimes because it'll be like, oh we've got this rep event going on, you know, and there's like gonna be fifty girls and it's gonna be really great. And I'm thinking in my head like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to, you know, the parking lot at my favorite climbing area and see fifty people. You know, so that and that I think is a bigger topic of conversation, too, Totally. which is really a tough one to solve because and I've had a lot of conversations with people about this because there's two sides of the spectrum. There's the positive, which is you're getting people outdoors and as an effect, they're getting more in tune with themselves. Mm -hmm. Like I really do believe that people become their more authentic self the more that they're in nature and the more that they get aligned with that part of. Being more, <clears throat> more able to operate outside of technology, outside of being indoors, um, you know, just becoming more in tune with a more—I mean, ancient's not the right word, but like an older lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm all for that, but at the same time, our outdoor spaces are small, and they can't—they can't hold that many people and that much impact. And even if you're doing it in a responsible way, even if you're packing your stuff out, even if you're you know, doing all the things that you should be doing to be a responsible outdoors person, there's still too many people and it's still gonna have an impact on totally. the environment. Yeah. It's gonna have an impact on my personal experience going climbing, more mm-hmm. importantly, because yeah. I'm gonna go there and there's a bazillion people. Uh, you no, to, I'm just kidding. And you have to get
1: a fast pass to your favorite climb. Yeah,
3: exactly. So Ooh. that's definitely a topic that's been really tough for me. Um, and I don't, I don't really know the solution. I don't think anybody knows the solution. Yeah. Is the thing like, and it's only going to get crazier with the, you know, explosion of climbing into the Olympics mm-hmm. and with the population growing steadily. Like our natural spaces aren't going to get bigger; they're going to yeah. stay the same size, yeah. and we're just getting bigger. So that I think is something <clears throat> that
1: it's an interesting concerns conundrum, me. Yeah,
3: yeah, I don't know the answer there. Um,
1: yeah, and I think that's a very human thing to kind of. Um, just ponder upon you know. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, we we do want to share this lifestyle with everybody, we we do want to make great products and services and stuff that expand um, our community. But at the same time, how big do we want to expand it? Because uh, you know, there's always going to be a a, a a repercussion to it. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. And uh, and I think that's that's going to be something that I feel is going to be um, at the forefront of addressing when, when something like the Olympics kind of takes climbing so mainstream and maybe it doesn't, maybe, maybe it's just a complete flop and like no one really cares about climbing, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I have a feeling that it's growing in popularity and I feel like once it gets exposed to the mainstream media and even more, um, high profile people get involved, and that bring even more c- people out of the um out of the woodwork into the Jared climate Lito. community. It's gonna yeah. yeah. I mean, if he <laughs> what I'm bring saying mainstream yeah. then What's who the can? other guy? Yeah. Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 these he's and
2: Chris Sharma, so yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's, he's got the in. Yeah, he's 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 like he's legit, but yeah. he's still high profile. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I I think <laughs> I think it's interesting, and I think we're gonna have to like figure out a way. But I guess until then,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know.
1: Yeah, I TBD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of the future. And, the future. And, and predicting the future. Um, what's your, what, what do you see, or where do you see yourself taking a rat?
3: I love that I was just asked to predict the future. Mm, uh, yes. Let me whip out my crystal ball. Yes, let's Go do that. To get my pet snake. <laughs> what's saying. your five-year plan? My <laughs> five-year plan, you know, that's what's, funny. Your, what's
1: your 87-year plan?
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny, I've been having to deal with that a lot for, uh, the business accelerator program that I'm doing. Perfect. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting for a while we were really focused on getting into big retailers like REI and I've gotten a lot of feedback that that is maybe not the right path for us quite yet. So Mm. I think what it's looking like it's going to be is we're focusing on increasing our direct customer initiatives. So not trying to get into retail spaces and we want to launch four, uh, no four three other products that are going to accompany our top in mm-hmm. the Tura line. So Tura is the title of the collection of products that we create, which are all technically baseware. So it's products that can be worn both on land and in the water. And it's primarily for activities like camping, hiking, and climbing. And we are going to be create So currently, we have the Tour Top, which comes in the two styles low cut for smaller cup sizes, high cut for larger cup sizes. And then we're going to be releasing um, three other products. I don't know if I should say what they are or not. I feel uh, like it's
1: up to you if you want to give a sneak peek. Yeah, I don't whatever, know. I don't know if that's
3: like, yeah. I haven't even discussed that. Um, long story short, it's going to be three different types of bottoms to go with the top. Mm-hmm. So I will at least say that. And all of them are going to be designed based off the initial idea of solving a problem. So each of them is is based around a problem. And we've got them all ready to go into manufacturing. So that's like the one-year plan is we're going to release all those products for the tour line and then – Oh, boy. Here we go. You guys can edit that out, right? No, that's
2: getting... Yeah, that's staying in. Okay, sweet,
3: sweet. Burping is allowed. (laughs) Once we Um, figure out how to
2: edit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The audio tech experts over here. Um, Okay, so that's... Yeah, that's year one. And then we have, like, some ideas bouncing around. Uh, Three... I mean, there's three ideas. And I'm not really sure what order these are going to go in, but... One would be expanding into different uh, sports. So in addition to the tour line, which, like I said, is for uh, camping, hiking, and climbing, we would have a swimwear line that would be for ocean sports. And we would have a base layer line for snow sports. And then we would be doing a – like a – We call it like super comfortable intimates, like functional intimates. So like for indoor use or like in the office or just daily use. Um, And then the other, well, the second idea, what? You have something?
2: No, I was just. You look
3: like you're chomping. No, I was
2: commenting on, I was like visually commenting on uh, Ron and uh, my own immaturity.
3: Oh, okay, got it,
2: got it. Because <laughs> I said intimates. <laughs> because I was like, ah, she said
0: intimates. <laughs> intimates. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. If this and was a visual, if
1: this was a p- visual podcast, people would get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Sorry.
3: I'm glad you guys are on my humor level of twelve year old boy. Them, yeah, it's good. Um, so yeah, so we would potentially expand our lines to accommodate those new activities. Mm. The next idea, this is like, kind of. Vague, but we have this idea of having these, like, like we would call them the arete houses, but oh, these wow. like physical mm-hmm. retail locations in key outdoor spaces, like possibly one in Joshua Tree, possibly one in oh, Bishop okay. or something. And it would have a retail space, but that wouldn't be the primary function because it's we're in the death of retail right now; it's mm-hmm. not a thing anymore.
0: Yeah.
3: Um. So it would be more of an experience based location. So it would be a place where, uh, we would have some sort of. Like accommodations where if people were traveling they could come stay. We would host events. We would be facilitating outdoor experiences where you could come meet up. Probably sync up with the local guiding companies to Mm -hmm. create events that are specifically for women. And pretty much just create like You know, if you're coming from a different area to experience this particular outdoor space, come to the Red House. We're going to give you all the things you need to find a community that's going to take you through a positive experience there.
0: Yeah.
1: So,
3: yeah. So that's kind of a, a distant future idea. And then, of course the drum roll which everyone is waiting for is eventually we'd like to make menswear
1: oh yeah yeah I know people men, love yeah, this. Men, the du- this the dudes love this
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah you know I mean just you know we want to be comfortable too I know have, totally and have support trust me I I various. hear you
3: I have had so many of my guy friends and all, just every dude I meet pretty much mm-hmm. come up to me and start telling me details that I do not need to know <laughs> about what they need in shorts yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, I totally feel you yeah, I've, butt flaps I prefer- one <laughs> Number one thing,
1: I want to be able to <laughs> to be warm and transfer in and out of the water and climb but also poop without having to pull my pants down. Oh,
3: okay. Oops. Oh, this is a new one.
1: Yeah. No, this is this wasn't serious, but
3: Okay.
2: No but, it is. Okay. I fine. think <laughs> I think that solves the problem. I have okay, heard some right. skid
3: mark requests, you're right. for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Like totally. skid-related requests
2: Anti-scid and just, like,
1: washability. Marking,
3: yeah, there yeah, you go. Totally. I've heard a lot <laughs> of that. Anti-skid marking technology. I've heard technology. a lot about how snug okay. things need to be. Perfect. I've heard all the details about that. Mm. So, eventually, Bear yeah, we... Bear <laughs>
2: Making the hottest underwear right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. soft. Mm. Yeah.
3: Things So that, yeah, I mean, and it, it, it really is true. Like, yeah, you could say like, oh, women are the only ones that suffer from clothes that don't fit. But that's not true. Men do too. Like, yeah. you guys do have the um a little bit more of like the technical offering in the clothes that you buy. Like, for example, all the clothes that you're wearing have pockets.
0: Yes. Look yeah. at
3: look at how many pockets are on my. Look at this. Does a this fake pocket. It's a fake fucking pocket. I'm Why? sorry. Can I cut? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get yeah. so mad about these because yeah, women's clothes don't have pockets yeah. because yeah, or, they're trying or, or, to make me buy purses or they're ex- or oh. they're really shallow. Yeah. Right? I just put that. Okay, it's yeah. dumb. It. It's yeah. because they think we don't need functionality. We just want to look good. Like that's or, all that's needed. So I just need this to be skin tight and not have a pocket on it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: And that's yeah. or the
2: pockets are like. An inch, yeah, deep,
3: uh huh, and, and your just phone's like, just gonna like flop out it's every six, time.
2: It's <laughs> it's perfect, for, yeah. for chapstick. You can, yeah, you yeah. can hold some coins. <laughs>
3: So, yeah. anyways, yeah. So, so guys do at least have a little bit more of that in the sense that menswear is usually designed from a utilitarian perspective mm-hmm. because that's just what guys are into. They want tactical things. They want it to mm-hmm. be performance. They want functionality. No, I want comfort and comfort. Yeah. No,
2: I only want comfort. You only want comfort. Yeah. Okay. When I go to buy clothes, would you like, like
3: some jeggings with big pockets? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. They, they make those.
2: <laughs> no, but like, I think. I, like I certainly don't want a pair of rigid jeans or sure. like, dungarees that like. Yeah, mm, I'm not farming. Pounds. I'm no. not. I don't work with <laughs> cattle or anything. I don't. Like my clothes don't need to be that durable. Now it's just like I want. I'm progressive, all right. I want yeah. something that's stretchy.
3: Mm-hmm. I want
2: to be able to move in my in my clothes.
3: You want some athleisure? I feel. Like yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> a great <laughs> word. I,
2: I have a pair that's of a like great word. My only pair of jeans that don't stretch. Are these lucky jeans that I unfortunately purchased (laughs) and like throwback I was like these are nice jeans and I was like they're they're all right they're kind of stretchy whatever I'll put them on and then I go to work and I don't know if my thighs just got thicker or something but like when I when I sit down it's just like it cuts the back of my knee and I'm like I'm living this life right now, and I can't do anything about it because I'm at work. Just getting too swole. <laughs> and so, like, fuck this shit. And so, like, anytime I go to the store, if the jeans don't stretch, or the pants, or the underwear, the shirt—if none of it stretches—I'm not buying it.
3: Yeah, no, I feel you. Take it from a girl that wears no. Crocs and a sweatpants onesie and a fanny pack. I'm all about comfort. No shame. Yeah.
1: No shame. I'm,
2: yeah. I'm not fucking around with that rigid wear anymore. Yeah, yeah, no,
3: I'm. I'm with you, and I think. I think it's true. Like. I think just the fashion industry in general operates on a certain set of standards that are what are conventional and what's easy to reproduce season after season. Yeah. Instead of really taking the time to invest in solving a problem. And so eventually, hopefully, we will be solving all the guy problems too.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. One day.
1: Excellent. That's, uh, I'm actually, um, so real quick, I actually wanted to bring it back um, to one idea. Yeah. One idea. Was uh, so, was so the reason why you don't want to go into retail space is because or was that because they said that you needed to have more offerings to compete with like other companies or like what's a what was the underlying reason why that wasn't um, why that wasn't uh, suggested? Yeah,
3: Um, it actually has more to do with. The um
1: so it has to do with the Amazon and everything like like just moving away from retail spaces. Um, not
3: necessarily that. No, it has to do with uh, the expectations that retailers have in terms of fulfillment. Um, so yeah, mm. this would be kind of going down a rabbit yeah. hole. But they yeah, just yeah. have uh, they need you to meet really high demands, and mm-hmm. if you don't, your your business can be like in Got a lot it. of trouble. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That just makes- to summarize.
1: That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, and
3: it and it's like a much slimmer profit margin. Mm-hmm. So if you're already operating on a slim profit margin, which we would be, like we've we've costed accordingly for retail, but it's just it slims things out a lot more. So it's yeah. like it's higher volume with much slimmer, much yeah, yeah and yeah. and high expectations and turnaround totally. and yeah, higher yeah. risks in general.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I mean I can see that in the, in the case that yeah you buying buying in bulk. And selling for you know just for small pieces of, of profit sounds just like a perfect way to to devalue your product a bit. Um, like, oh yeah, yeah, you know. yeah.
3: We're we're big on keeping like a high perceived value too, for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Totally, okay. And the other thing was, uh, I thought that was a pretty genius um, thing that you're doing. And I mean, I know it's a distant future, but being able to create a user experience around your product mm-hmm. is. Uh, with those you know red houses and stuff, I think that's amazing because I and I wish like more companies would would um, take this idea and run with it because uh, there's a for, so anecdotally speaking, there's a company out there that uh, my friends and I went uh, we went to this thing called a so Cotopaxi does this and uh, shout out to them because uh, a lot of their manufacturing comes from the Philippines so they employ a lot of, Filipino workers and stuff. Um, it's obviously a cheaper labor out there, but they're um, they're doing it in a in a more responsible way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but what's awesome is that to promote their product, you basically pay you you had to pay an entrance fee. I don't know if you've heard of this, but Mm-mm. you pay an entrance fee, um, and you do this uh, 24-hour scavenger hunt. And so what they did was they they had us um, get a get they get we get a. Their product, basically, and it was a little like a 20 liter or 18 liter bag. It's a it's just super custom. Like every supposedly every bag is one of a kind because whether the stitching or, uh, or a, a piece of it was. Um, a different color, like everything's just completely jumbled. And so um, not no two bags are supposedly Id- uh, identical hmm. um, because of how custom it is. And so they were giving out a bunch of these bags, um, or I guess not giving it out, but like you paid for the entrance fee and then you, you do this whole thing where you go on this crazy scavenger hunt with your friends. You, you do these crazy things. Through their app, and then it created this awesome, like 24 hour experience where you're running around with their pack or their product, and then now you have memories tied to this company because you and 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 oh, I
3: like the way that you just verbalized that memories tied to the company, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah,
1: and and not just that, but they also. they also had an app where you had to submit photos of each of – like you have to have f- proof, right? So you mm-hmm. had to have video or photo proof. And what that ended up doing was that created a shit ton of just free advertisement for them because we were volunteering ourselves yeah. to just content. create content yeah. for them with their little we – ha- we had to always do it with their little slogan mm-hmm. flag and – it was oh. like the most genius thing ever. It's like they get free content, and we and we are emotionally tied to their product. So, yeah. I think that a Red House thing seems like an an amazing way to like.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting an- anecdote. I'm gonna have to look that up.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: I know the brand. I'm just not familiar with the. the what did you call it? A quest? Questival. Questival? Yeah. So it's like a festival. Was it at a festival? Mm. No,
2: no, no. It was like a scavenger hunt. It's a scavenger hunt
1: that's okay. that's uh, actually held in different cities. And then what cool. they end up doing is they it's like one giant ad for <laughs> yeah. for GoToPaxi, but yeah. but um, but but eventually like you all try to compete, and if you win, if your team wins, then you guys go. I'll get sponsored to go to a trip in another country,
0: mm. and then the
1: and then the the. Scavenger hunt thing there is like a lot of it's required um, charity work, hmm. so you have to do a bunch of like different charity work to like um, compete against other teams. So it's like the more good because their slogan is do good, right? So
3: got it. Okay, um,
1: but yeah, so it's I, I think that's an interesting way for for companies to like tie their product to experiences. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: So, that's what people are looking for. I think is experiences and and feeling like they're a part of something bigger mm-hmm. for sure absolutely yeah
1: yeah well so
3: do we have any more of those little climbing anecdotal questions because those are fun so <laughs> the, the boulder problem i want to do another one of those so we have more.
2: Uh, <laughs> let me see what i can think of
3: okay i i have one <laughs> okay what's the please. chossiest climb you've ever done
2: oh
1: yeah, uh, we, yeah, this is
2: a good one. Can I
3: do that? Am I taking over the podcast? Yeah, no, can, no, no. <laughs> if you, you have, you have want one right do. off
2: the bat, go ahead and say it, because I have to think about this one.
3: Like like the worst There's, climbing experience where you were just like, I hate this, I'm done, goodbye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went and tried to find some boulders in Big Bear. Okay. And it was...
3: chosseneering. Yeah. It was of, <laughs> that's what I call it. I found a bunch of dirt burglars. Bur- and yeah. Different kind of questable. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah it was... Yeah. It was sort of awful. It was just like scraping my feet against like crumbly rock the whole time. Mm. And it was just, it wasn't a good time.
3: Okay. Mm. I dig.
2: Where my palms were more like shredded than my actual fingertips because everything was slopers and just (laughs) gritty and sandy. Okay. Does
1: this have to be like a classic or? or No, no. And just just, like a a day
3: where you were like, I hate this. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'd have
1: to say, I'm not going to lie. Okay, so I went out and I did Big Walling um, for the first time, first and last time. Um, not, <laughs> not not that it's only going to be my last time, but it just happened to be the last time I did it. But uh, it was Big Walling in El Petrero Chico. And it was amazing. It was super fun. But I had done it. Uh, a week after I got cleared to walk from surgery, from ankle surgery, I got reconstructive ankle surgery because I broke my ankle bouldering, yay! And then I went <laughs> big walling <laughs> on a slab face, uh, so I did twenty three hundred feet of slab ish, and and that was like hell on my ankle. Did you was wear it your aggressive bouldering though? shoes? No, I. W- <laughs> Fortunately, got, like, fortunately I had no, I had like what then was evolves like Marcusum. Okay. Like, oh yeah, equivalent. The Yeah, the yeah, addicts. I have those and um and I was in those the whole time and my uh I was very thankful for that. So. Nice, nice. but yeah, that that was an experience. I was just like, man, there's so much logistics with big wall climbing and and Did you say Chauncey Boulder? Fun.
3: I mean, I just said like Chaucy,
2: just Chaucy Rockland. Yeah,
3: okay. I mean, I might have said Boulder. Oh, now was that it,
1: I know that I'm Chaussee? being recorded, well, well, she said experience, so yeah. I was like, okay, well, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna run. An Whatever. Yeah, you can yeah.
3: say, you can alter yours if you want to do it differently. No, no,
2: no. I'm but, completely but
1: but happy but I, that. you know, to be fair, I did absolutely love the experience, but I hate it at the same time, just because of
2: all that. Okay. So, gotcha. <laughs> However, there is something to the right of NRA. <laughs> at, at black, <laughs> okay it's like this it's a four or something and that thing was super chassis yeah i did not enjoy that nice. chastastic and it broke i like I how you
1: that. just like completely named a random bowler like i
2: can't ref- i can't <laughs> figure, it might be like nra slab or something yeah
1: i no, i know there's something to that
2: right yeah. It. yeah i can't remember what it's called but the thing was a piece of shit
3: chastastic
2: perfect yeah. As far as another one, I feel like I have a shit ton of those questions. I'm just on the spot and I can't think about. Oh yeah, not yeah. again. No. one day but, though, we yeah. will come back.
1: But um, yeah, I mean, aside from that, that was a great that was a great note to end on. And and I'm uh, we thank you for for coming out. Um, and we would hopefully have, love to have you on the on a show again. Oh soon. yeah, sure. So yeah, I'll um, just show up
3: and say weird things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Perfect, that's okay. what we want. Cool. So, um, but yeah. So thanks again for coming out, and uh, we hope you had fun.
3: I did. So, it was great. Yeah, yeah. the wine and oh, all the. I have
2: an answer. The chossiest yes, okay. boulders are the ones that you guys sat because I couldn't do any of them.
1: Ah, yes. <laughs> hey, hey, Shots fired. <laughs> All
3: right, I dig it, I dig it. Well, yeah, no, that was great. Thanks for having me, you guys. For I sure. very much enjoyed our our wine and podcast night. And yeah. I would be happy to come back anytime.
2: Yeah. Awesome. We'll get up with pizza again. Yeah. All
1: right, so. signing off.
2: Hey, folks, um, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Uh, We really appreciate the support. Um, If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Approach Podcast, or you can give us a shout via email at contact at ApproachPodcast.org.
1: Yeah, um, we'd love to hear any suggestions, topics, or humans you would like to hear on the show. So uh, contact us there, and uh, we hope to hear from you soon.
2: Later.